Good day, everybody. This is Left Look. Welcome to the show. It is uh, Sunday, April thirtieth. Huh? Hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's April thirtieth. No. It's, it's April thirtieth. It's the thirtieth of April. Yeah, and I'm here with Jacob. Hello, brother Julian. And DJ. Howdy, partner. And have we got a show for you today? Oh, yes. do we ever? Yes, we do. Uh, it is one. It is one show. It is a show. It is uh, a show from the Gato Institute. Yeah. Yes. Premier Independent Podcast. Yes, this is Leftlux's Premier Independent Podcast from the Gato Institute, where we will be taking a look at Canadian and international arts, culture, and entertainment to provide you with an unbiased left-wing perspective. Ilsuji to Premier Podcast Independent de l'Institut Gato au new new penchant sur la arts, la culture et le divertissement canadien et international pour vous offrir une perspective impartial et de gauche. I uh, I remember being promised last time that the sped up version would be um, uh, so I followed. That one? <laughs> yeah, that it would be followed up with a very slowed down, deep voiced version. I was I, dreading, if I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I you know what I was expecting. Uh, I I wasn't sure if it was a fake out at first. I wasn't sure mm-hmm. if Julian was actually reading it. And I was, I was kind of expecting uh-huh. it to just get faster and faster as, as it went along. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> you, um, know, you know what neither of you guys are expecting? Uh-huh. What? Oh, no. We just lost 10,000 listeners on that audio <laughs> assault. <laughs> Darn, there goes our, there goes our numbers. But we gained, the audio files left. We gained um, 20,000 crazy frogs. Yeah, which is really what counts at the end of the day. They are a movement. They are a movement. Uh, Julian, uh, before the show, we were talking, and uh, I remember I was asking you last week if you had uh, upgraded your AI assistant that we were talking about, like you had said, and uh, you were giving me reasons as to why not. Go ahead. Uh, I did not, uh, largely because any like assistant you could get that's like branded or marketed that way is just going to be accessing chat GPT-4 under the hood. So, uh, yeah, my my short answer there was that I'm just sticking to chat GPT. But. Uh-huh. Do you foresee, how far off, uh, like, a mental timeline do you see, like, a Jarvis-style AI worth the money to invest into? Ooh, man, it could already be out there. Oh. But I don't know, like... I don't know what's what... a price point that you would want something like that. I mean, I'm paying 20 bucks a month for GPT four, so I wouldn't want Oof. to go much higher than that. Yeah. Really? Yes. I don't know. Like a, like a really good AI assistant. I could see me dishing out a hundred bucks a month for that. It, I mean, yeah, it depends. Depends how much depends what you you're doing. It. Yeah. It depends on the return on it. Like if I had a good law job, I, uh, Oh yeah, I could justify that immediately, right? Right mm-hmm. now, not at all. But I would probably still do it. <laughs> that tech is probably locked behind the billionaire paywall, anyways. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I said we should talk about this on the show because uh, DJ, you were making a joke about just paying uh, like a Kenyan slave to do it or something. I was just gonna make the joke before you mentioned how how little you're paying. I was gonna say <sighs> you should just hire me to access ChatGPT for you. Like I'd do that. I'd be your assistant, and then I just. I'd do the legwork. Yeah. But 20 bucks a month? Go get Ben. It's, uh, it's, I have to bring it up because that's exactly where this whole AI thing was going prior to ChatGBT. There was a a competitor called Hal, like just straight up ripping off Hal. Yeah. And, uh, from uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yep. Yeah. Same icon and everything. It was crazy. But their business model was they would connect you to people who would perform like AI services in air quotes, like manage your calendar or set stuff up. But it's just people on the other end, like pretending to be the robot. Mm. (laughs) Can you uh, imagine? We'll uh, find you NPCs. I I actually can imagine. I I almost, uh, I almost had a job doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Late last year I was looking around for jobs and the pay was not bad. And basically that's what it was. It was like, Hey, we can connect you to, like several millionaires, as long as you just ghostwrite for them and manage their life. Yep. And I went, honestly, yeah, my brain's more turned on than like those idiots 
uh, if you're going to pay me, then fine. I'll find some time in my day to manage your life, too, because I'm sure I can juggle both. Yeah. What was the pay like? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I think I think starting was like 20 bucks an hour. I think it was like I think it was like a contractional thing, too, where it was like per person. So you could you could like if you could juggle juggle more than yeah, you could you could make way more. So I wonder what on like it means to be working per hour when you know you you can't work eight hours a day juggling one person's life it would take maybe 45 minutes for me to handle everyone's business for one day right well yeah i think the i think the idea was that you were on call yeah essentially so if the person needed you to be like hey jack fill in my you know my 3 p.m with yada yada then you would be there to go all right mr mr moneybags i'll get right on that uh or miss, you know, that was sexist. Um, uh, a little bit. There's no miss. I was, I was, I was, anyways, I was kind of giving on I like a gruff that. voice. That's a terrible and dystopian bit. I, uh, but at least we can all be satisfied now that you can, uh, that slaves have no option for labor and that they'll just have to starve. Yeah, and, and the, the, the robo slaves replace even those people. Well, mm-hmm. no, I think yeah. we're gonna. I think you had an article you wanted to open up with DJ. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit, but Julian, you had something to add. Oh, sorry, some more coughing. Yeah, no, I'm just nope. going to do this all episode and be really annoying about it, actually. Yeah? Well, hey, music to my ears. I think we're going to find a middle ground between both of those different AIs, where you're probably uh-huh. you're subscribed to a service and you talk to a slave, but that slave has access to GPT-4, and they can use that to do whatever needs to be done. There's yeah. a, a game. I wish I could remember the title of it. I think it's more of a visual novel, if I'm remembering correctly. Is it Papers, Please? No, no. Um, great game, though. Um, but the premise of the game is basically what you just described. And this game came out like five years ago before mm. AI really took off like it is right now. Yeah. And uh, you, as the PC, uh, work at this firm whose robot AI uh, is like a psychologist, right? Like a therapist. Mm. And you are really just like the human voice and the human face uh, and all your task is is to like, oh, the robot's saying this. So as the actor, I have to give the patient this information. Right. Read the screen, basically. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Uh, and the whole crux of the game is like, do I just do what the robot says, or do I actually look at the thing and be like, well, no, I'm a real human. I can. Huh. Yeah. Maybe empathy is needed here. <laughs> do you add your judgment to the mix? Yes. No, I'm sure the AI would give you a command prompt. Empathy brackets and then the <laughs> and then the line that they want you to say yeah stern yeah. <laughs> sternly what? with force yeah with gusto yeah Exci- excitedly yeah ah. exactly yeah if anyone if uh, y'all want a game go i don't know google therapy yeah. robot ai game <laughs> that sounds awful but <laughs> I hate. I love really terrible games. Yeah, I was just about to shit all over your choice of games. So yeah. I'm glad you took the initiative. <laughs> I'll I'll beat you to that punch. I understand. I'm a a miscreant scum ne'er do well. I was gonna say niche. You didn't have to go so harsh. No, very, no. A very niche crowd. Yeah. Yeah. You you mentioned an article. It's not really an article. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, no, that's a it's a fair assumption. I was literally just listening to the radio this morning. Oh, and right. uh, yeah, yeah, the radio. Sometimes I turn it on just to like wake up a little bit, and it's it's basically perma turned, turned, tuned to uh, CBC. State funded. I was, yeah, yeah. I was, I was. Oh, untuned. I can't stand CBC. But go ahead. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's mostly for the weather. I'll be honest with you. Um, All right. I I usually check the clock and go. Uh, it's probably like news time. Maybe I missed it. Who's, but sometimes I'm a little early. Who's your weather guy? Uh, I don't know. Oh, they've been different, <laughs> right? At one point in my life, I would have I would have been able to tell you, but not these days. Ah, right. uh, I never would have been able to tell you. Joe Joe Cummings, I remember, is the is the he's like the noon, he's like the prime time daytime radio voice. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And with a handle like that, I could never forget his name. No. <laughs> Anyways, right, so I'm sitting there this morning in a daze listening to whatever jargon they're crapping about. 
Uh, and then they change topics quite quite quickly because they have like a five minute segment to cover all the major headlines. And um, apparently there's a row, there's a ruckus going on in the as there always is in the um, the renting sphere, the uh, the tenant sphere. Oh, yeah. Rentoids. Yeah, let's call them rentoids. rentoids. Sure. And uh, to boil it down. This dude, I think it was a dude, I shouldn't assume, I'm not certain, this person, went out of their way recently, and I'm not sure how recent, but I digress, and they went out of their way to make a website called Rent My Landlord, or Rent My Landlord, RateMyLandlord.net, or .com. Oh, oof. I think this is currently just a Canadian initiative, I'm not certain, but uh, made this website, it's been a huge hit. And uh, similar to right, Rate My Teacher uh, or like a Yelp review, I guess, Yeah. people can go on and just be like, yep, here, and it's all anonymous. Uh, there's no you know, tie-in with anyone's email. It's just like, here's a post about this landlord who owns this property. They're a piece of shit. Yeah. Right? That's fantastic. Good on them. That's just great. Super. That is Except the equivalent. they're all pieces of shit, so how does it work? Exactly, right? Well... They're all pieces of shit, and I'll get to that in a moment. The funny part is that on live radio, this host had to say, ah, and the poor landlords are pretty upset about it. Gosh darn, jeez. The poor landlords. And they had like a snippet of some, the independent board of of landlord, I don't know, like protection, like, I don't know, some faceless void of nonsense. And the spokesperson of this board is like, yeah, you know, this is this is hurting the reputation of a lot of landlords because a lot of these reviews are really unfounded and they don't have legal, you know, backings to, to make these kind of claims. Jeez. Right? Just where the hell do you get off even saying that, you pretentious <laughs> motherfuckers? God They're the whiniest damn. class of people. Like, for, for someone who, like, you know, you're self-starter, you're putting this capital at risk. They seem to think that they have to put, take no risks. You know uh-huh. what I mean? There should be no negatives to be them being a landlord. It's yeah. like, dude, you are betting that this person can provide you income month to month, and uh-huh. you're going to lose sometimes. And if you lose, you can lose bigly, you know? So that's your bad. And yeah. also, on top of that, you know, like you say, they're scum, right? They violate laws all the time. Well, There's no protections. What are you talking about, dude? It's, well, I, I've, I've, I, I, I've experienced it. Uh, I've had uh, security deposits imposed on me against the law in Ontario. I've had money taken from those security deposits for things that were the responsibility of the landlord. Mm-hmm. Uh, us, th- we didn't have access to the backyard. And then they, uh, the upstairs tenants had all the... Uh, uh, access to the backyard and they let it become completely overgrown like weeds six seven feet tall mm-hmm. thick as trees and uh then a skunk died in my dugout window in the basement <laughs> and before he died he claw he clawed out the screen on the window mm-hmm. and i got charged for that right from the security deposit which was already illegal right yeah but like for me to t- i would have to privately take them uh that case against them right mm-hmm. have the funds to do that already when it should be just a criminal act right and that landlords have the audacity to cl- uh, complain about anything in my opinion ridiculous yeah They're a protected bunch of children i just yeah. want to say not all landlords yeah not all manning them is that what you're doing right now <laughs> that is what i'm doing there it's uh, awesome i have a tenant like, complaint that i'm ignoring right now actually yeah good is, for you you you're uh i saw them moving out <laughs> uh, aren't you renting to family yeah mistake <laughs> yeah well yeah all landlords just come so yeah yeah well here here we are uh you're managing the property for your your father it's kind of different all right yeah he's scum that's true there's uh there's a lot of there's a lot of caveats i think where (laughs) you know there's uh i i think there's very 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 few instances of somebody having like a legitimately good landlord you know just some mom and pop who are living on their own now and just have some spare bedrooms and like okay cool 
Like they Even just them. redid the book. But you know, yeah, at the end of the day, selling they have the financial incentive to be rats, basically, right? Exactly. Yes. The the idea itself is shitty. You know, the extortion of land and property is just inherently be, bad. Just because you have need somewhere to live, basically, right? Yeah. It's, it's disgusting. The way prices it's are violent. going. Yeah. It's 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 even like man, just the I, I don't look at it actively, but I I hear about it periodically, the the rent prices in Toronto just creeping up day by day and how uh, I can't even like it makes me sick to think that these poor people who have to live in Toronto, who have like nowhere else to go, are just being extorted. Mm-hmm. Are just being like slowly pushed into slavery because yep. Hey, we own the market, and it's the the you know the crypto fascism is coming. I saw a study come out that uh, it listed all the affordable cities that the youth could live in in Canada. Mm-hmm. There are none. Yep. Yeah. There is not a single one in all of Canada. No, it's yeah. uh, shitty. I I just want to correct course a little bit here. I feel like I came out slightly too strongly for landlords. We are all uh, scum, myself included. Even yeah, yeah. wherever yeah. I sit I, in that even spectrum. you yeah. Even you, I don't really view you as a landlord so much as just like you have to rent that property out because you don't have the ability to sell it right now. <laughs> yeah, without without revealing too much. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is. So it's not like you purchase <coughs> if you purchase land with the intent to rent it. That's where I think you oh become the landlord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're a fucking which is not shit. what happened with you. No, no. I'm just benefiting from a system that is incredibly cruel and inhumane. You're, Racist. Yeah. You're making the best of a bad situation. And, like, who on the grind isn't doing that these days? Yeah. Who who isn't, you know, selling their hobbies just to get by? We it's the, the system itself is just absolutely fucked up. And uh, pardon, I've sworn. I've sworn? I've swore twice already this episode. I apologize. Do you swear not to do it again? No, I don't, because I'm about to do it a third time. Listen, folks, find this fucking website and shit all over your goddamn landlords. Do it as much as you possibly can. These people are not your friends. Yeah, uh, agreed. This, they just go nuts. Make sure this website never goes down. Go yeah. bananas. Although, uh, just I go did, mode. I did hear one tiny piece of good news coming out of the Toronto rental, renting situation. Mm-hmm. And that is this group called the Toronto, I think it's the Toronto Community Land Trust. Oh, yeah. Is purchasing rental properties and then just like renting them at decent rates and then using whatever profit they do make to buy more properties. So, like, I mean, in theory, that could snowball into everybody gets decent place to live with no profit Mm -hmm. motive underlying it. But I bet you a scumbag fascist is in charge of that program in three years. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's it is a nice thing. idea right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Altruism is great until somebody goes, wait a minute, I don't have to share. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mean and then it's... There's someone who's young there who's like 25 and is like, I could make a lot of money doing this. I just got to pretend to be a good person for 10 years or whatever uh-huh, it is. Uh-huh. Creep like... your way to the top and then, and then, you know, kill the emperor. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I think we were going to switch gears to the strikes next, unless you had some more to say. Um, I could help. You have nothing left to say. The stinger has decided I have been cut spoken. off. I was trying. So you guys want them times nicely. I was. I really thought that was the moment. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, we put too many complaints against you. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, you've been come really on, dabbing on the. <laughs> you've been really dabbing with the soundboard today uh, there's a compliment enjoy that one thanks yeah we'll get crazy frog back in here later oh please no yes yes <laughs> we'll go out with that yes all uh, right the strikes the strikes um there are a bunch of strikes going on what is it the um peace yes the 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 public service workers Public service workers. No, they have like an acronym. Yeah, but fuck their acronym. I didn't okay. Sure. PSAC, isn't it? Yeah, but what does AC stand for? I can never remember. Uh, yep. Forget it. The public <laughs> service workers. The public service workers. A. Canada. No. <laughs> A. Canada. We got the freaking internet right here. Uh, but then we have to hear somebody type. So the public Service Alliance of Canada. The Alliance. All right. 
It's the Rebel Alliance, folks. I bet you a CIA plant put that in there just to make that harder to do. Have you ever uh, read the CIA, uh, the FBI's and CIA's um, rules for being an undercover agent in left left wing organizations? No. Their main uh, uh, piece of advice that they give them is that uh, you should try and slow everything down and make everything as complicated as possible, and always try and like disagree on like fine points of uh, what's it, uh, what's it called. Uh, Rhetoric, yeah, and that uh, it's part of the reason why I love joking about how leftists are so uh, fractious because we're just infested by right wing spies too. So like, of course we're fractious. Yeah, if only if we if only the CIA wasn't down our throats, then we'd all just get along for sure. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> when you put it like that, <laughs> I mean, there's three of us here right now, and none of us can agree on anything. So we true. agree on a lot. We agree on a lot. And I think that's what really, really matters. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, our, our brethren, our siblings are striking out there, um, you know, putting it to the man. Good on them. Yeah, good on them. I saw a bunch of memes about how, uh, you know, all these uh, people who uh, hate Trudeau, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you know, the, when Trudeau comes out against these public service workers, he's aligning himself with the conservatives, right? Mm-hmm. He, he does exactly what the conservatives want. And anybody who says, oh, I hate Trudeau, that's basically the only place they go is to the right, right? Because of yeah. the lack of education and persecution, formal persecution of the left in the entire Anglosphere, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it just sounds so fucking ridiculous when I, I hear people being like, Oh fuck Trudeau! He he doesn't want to help anybody. He's just so corrupt. It's like yeah, of of course they he is right, and of course the liberals are terrible. But we as the left have to put them in there because if you knuckle dragging animals who will put just absolute fascists in charge unless we compromise our morality, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The strike would have been legislated back to work by now under Poiliev. Yeah, I uh, I read a stat recently that 40 percent of uk prime ministers uh went to Eton college which is a, a primary school private school mm-hmm. uh and uh but i only bring it up because i got to read an Eton college uh exam question from 2011 and the exam says the year is 2030 to 2040 a lack of petrol uh sorry, inputs from the Middle East have led to riots and uh, discontent at home. The strikes have gone to such an extent that the army had to be called in and 25 protesters were killed in the uh, putting down of the strikes. Mm -hmm. Pretend you are the prime minister and explain why it is moral and justified for these people to be uh, killed during these strikes. Wow. Isn't that just so dystopian? Yeah, that's what they're being taught. Yeah. That's they're being groomed, you could even say, yeah. to be fascists. I mean, yeah. that's uh that's part and parcel. That's part of the gig. Yeah, that that's so gross that I think uh that makes that make brings the vanguardism out of me. You know, I, I consider myself a pretty uh uh non resistance socialist, you know, mm-hmm. the non acceleration socialist that will get there through being peaceful and, you know, using unions and talking using dialogue mm-hmm. but then i hear shit like that and i'm like i want deaths i want heads on spikes mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it just brings the rage out of me like how the audacity the the openness the the knowledge that they'll never face any consequences for doing things like that just brings the violence out of me but yeah i'll tamp it down it just won't go that, anywhere. that <laughs> natural that natural fervor to become like a like a, a 1700s French revolutionary, yes, just bubbles up. Like yeah, get on the powdered wig and then rip it off and put on a tricone and behead some I, stupid elitists. I develop pock marks, pox marks. Sorry, and I start calling myself Robespierre immediately yeah. as, <laughs> as soon as I hear that shit. Like, yeah, I love I love how thoroughly that question gives up the game too. Yeah, right? Like, like, which one of you will be good at this, right? <laughs> like, there will never be peace in the Middle East. We're, we're never moving away from fossil fuels. Like, yeah. We are absolutely going to kill the strikers. Yeah. Like, the military will be called in. Yeah. It if is, you answer uh, the question with, 
well, first I'd want to know why the military was in there and shooting people. You just instantly fail. Yeah, you're not yeah. prime minister material. I, I kind of cut it down a bit. They said that there was the police had failed to put down the protests after mm. martial law was called or something like that. But still, you know, like the protesting is the right of all citizens. And if you can't mm. come to an agreement with them, then you don't have the social contract and you have no legitimacy to rule, right? Yeah, so, at that point, you, you're not a prime minister anymore. You're just a failure yeah. of a head of you state. Rely, you rely on uh, force, not the uh, assent of the people, right? Mm-hmm. And that's... That's UN shit, right? That's yep. the documents they all signed. And it just sounds so ahistorical too, right? Like I used to think that uh, the army putting down strikes was something of at the <laughs> most that happened in the 1920s and 30s, right? But yeah. it was it was shipped abroad, right? And that was uh, that was my view for a while that imperialism had been outsourced and things like that. Um, but no, it's just been you know they're switched they switched gears we grew up in the middle of a switching gears of the economy and the army will be back to crush strikers like yeah well all of the military hardware is in police hands in the united states now like yeah if your well, strike is being put that. down by the police i mean they've got fucking lrad cannons like yeah sorry the, i don't want to disagree I, like i think i'm just uh splitting hairs the mili- the, the police in america do not need the military <laughs> to come in to crush strikers is what i was trying to say yeah but fair. The, the police in america could still be crushed by the american military right yeah. right, right right true yeah, yeah uh, but, whereas uh... like the british <laughs> police may actually uh could actually be overrun by the people you know still well uh the uh the imagery in Paris lends credence to that. Go get yeah, them. The, Go get them, Paris. The French is still not called in uh, anybody to crush those strikes, right? No, I don't they're know just how. still going on. I think they're just going to try and let it burn out and pe- let people get tired. Yeah. That would be my strat, you know? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tough issue. It's ephemeral. It's way in the future. It doesn't mm-hmm. affect everybody. You know, if you if you have a good enough life, you you can just retire because you have money, right? Like, you yeah. don't need to wait for that official get your full benefits thing. Just stop working. Yeah. You know who who, who so, was it? Who else just was hoping the riots would uh, kind of sort themselves out? Uh, uh, was it Louis the Sixteenth? Yeah, yeah, I think it was him. Yeah, poor bastard. <laughs> I mean, the wealth of Versailles and the, <laughs> and the thousand year repression uh, with the mailed fist. Of the uh, peasant, I don't think can apply to the uh, the modern life in France. Yeah. But then again, it's... the potential for violence is so exponential because of the weapons that we have. So oh, maybe it sure. is there. Yeah, things just happen quicker these days. Mm-hmm. Somebody can just get assassinated just like that. We don't need a big mob anymore to get through the guards. It's just like somebody with a good gun just takes a good shot, you know, does it do... discreetly. I've been drone. doing a bit. Sorry, I've been doing a bit about the uh, the Japanese ex-prime minister who got shot and how that changed things instantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, to attenuate it to France, if Macron got assassinated, the most right-wing despot barbarian would be put in charge, like, overnight. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. No, not Le Pen. They, <laughs> they feel embarrassed by her, but, like, some back cabinet minister who they just, like... They all can't stand because he's a little too vile and a too, mm-hmm. little too ugly. They'd be like, "Well, we got to give him the reins. The people are rising up." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah we need somebody never to quell the dissidents. Yep. Yep. Just gross. Uh, but uh, ten on a light note here. Uh, all all the power to the uh, to the alliance. Go get them. Yeah. Uh, Go if, team. If this if this contract of what they're offering you is Garbo, then yeah, reject it. Absolutely. I'll... Go ahead and reject it. Yeah. To end on a negative note, uh, I I think public service workers uh, strategically uh, have put themselves into this place. You know, they have allowed the deunionization of the manufacturing sector, right? Well, uh, you know, a narrower and narrower and whiter and whiter uh, sector of basically just government workers and a few legacy manufacturers mm-hmm. maintain their unions, and and it has led to a lot of people being unable to sympathize with them because they have uh, better lives than most of the, you know, immigrant slaves that Canada mm-hmm. runs on right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So many people are just fearful, you know, they're, you know, uh, you think of a factory worker, a factory worker at a Toyota plant and they go, ah, no, we don't want the union. The union will come in and ruin our jobs because they're going to ask for things, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. because they have this, you know, this twisted idea that, you know, that the union is like this spoiled brat, 
that gets out whatever they can that like you know rings out the cloth of of money from a from a company to get what they want it's which... evidence for my sorry go ahead i thought you were no done. no i'm pretty much done it's evidence for this bit i do all the time where i say words mean nothing right because it's against the law to be coercive against unions mm -hmm. right but it's all implied it's all shadowy like and unions are suppressed all the time oh, the yeah. place i the place i work at right now has five temp agencies that they recruit from mm -hmm. and one of the temp agencies is owned by the fact the oh, manufacturer yes. Uh, and then on top of that, anyone they have the workforce is about ninety percent Indian. I want to say at my factory, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, the people who are hired on and work directly for the company are ninety percent white, right? Like mm -hmm. it is race a racial hierarchy. It's fascism uh, nakedly. It's it's disgusting, right? There's no other way to get a, uh, get around it. People should die over it, is my opinion. And nothing will happen. This guy, the people who own it, will get obscenely rich and continue to get obscenely rich. Their descendants will do, will have fabulous lives. Mm -hmm. They will face no consequences for things that are actual crimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah as, as long as things keep going the way they are, they, they sure won't. I'm going to try and unionize them, though. I'm going to be hired anytime soon because I'm white as fuck and I've been working my ass off because mm -hmm. I, I, uh, I want to get hired on so I can unionize them overnight. Yeah, you know, I'll, pl I'll play them. Uh, the, there's three shifts, the weekend, which is tiny, and mm -hmm. then there's days and afternoons. So my plan is to, at 2 a.m., uh, uh, one night uh, after I get hired, is to tr uh, memorize everybody who works there who's, mm -hmm. uh, who's logging out because you don't have to log out if you're a temp agency. You just sign a sheet of paper, but you have to touch a computer screen and log in if you're a real worker there. Okay. And so... And so I'm going to memorize all the faces of the afternoon shift uh, people who are real workers there. And then I'm going to go around with union cards at uh, near the end of the night, 150, 145 the next night. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I'm going to get as almost all of them, is my opinion, because I'm, I'm well known around there now and people like me. And then I'm, the next day I'm going to sleep in my car and the next day I'm going to come in with a clipboard and a collared shirt and I'm going to go around and lie to the whole day shift and say, I need you to sign this. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just going to get their signatures, uh, you know, before management even gets there in the morning because they start at 6 a.m., right? And mm. so management won't get there till 8 a.m. And I'll have unionized the whole factory <laughs> before management is even uh be between management leaving at uh e in the evening and getting back in the morning i uh i i have been I edging that. about this I love yeah that plan. that's a great idea uh, this this blitz unionization yeah. yeah do you do you want to join me uh for like a conversation with the dsc because they have actual like unionizers and organizers that might be able to give you tips and tricks uh sure that sounds good. I, yeah, let me see what uh, let me see what I can arrange. Because yeah. that would be that'd be f a. It'd be great for everybody who works there, obviously, and that's yeah. number. I'm one. leaving, right? I'm going back to school, <laughs> I, I, but like, but I I cannot stand how some of these people are treated there, right? Just like absolute garbage. There's this mm -hmm. one guy. He's hired on, and he's Indian, and he keeps asking to let uh, them make him a forklift driver, and they won't let him do it for. God knows what's re what reason. And then another thing, there's an, another Indian guy. He's got to mm -hmm. be the smartest guy in the factory besides me. Right? Yeah. No offense. Uh, but I can see the guy's brain behind his eyes, right? And we both are under team leaders right now for two 25-year-olds who take turns at it, mm -hmm. who are these white boys who have to have an IQ of 75, right? It is anti-evolutionary seditious to the state to not be promoting the fucking smartest guy you know what i mean it's mm -hmm. it's crazy to me yeah yeah but, sounds like some some saucy nepotism going on yeah and 10 minute breaks there's no if you get hurt they fire you if you're a temp agency there's no mm -hmm. such thing as light work you know uh just on and on the abuses roll this the supervisor the plant manager not the supervisor mm -hmm. the plant manager he openly verbally abuses his workers right uh -oh. and supervisors not to belittles them it's so gross it's so gross you know what i mean and there's just no uh re recourse for these people right because yeah. of the complex corporate structure that they've set up that would take you know years and a knockdown drag out legal battle to prove mm -hmm. that they uh prove beyond whatever doubt uh standard that would be i think it's reasonable but 
Yeah, yeah that, it sounds like the sort of thing where even if you did sneak, you know, like a, like a health and safety <laughs> inspector in there. Or, yeah, you know, they, they'd have no power. Yeah, they'd, they'd come no in power. and go, well, I see, I see the problem, and I can literally do nothing about it. So, sorry, clipboard mm-hmm. over shoulder, peace sign, drive <laughs> off in their Ferrari. That's why I'm going to 007 this motherfucker. <laughs> That's the power to you. I hope they don't yeah. listen to this. I love it. They, uh, with our h- hundreds of thousands of listeners, it's bound to get back to them when I've given up oh, the game. Honestly. Only 90,000, actually, <laughs> after that crazy frog bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, that yeah. cost us pretty bad. We could yeah, see, well, we could see the numbers in real time on our big uh-huh. fucking war room wall. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it projects all the standings, so we get to see how many more viewers like uh, the cop podcast has and the right yep. gaze. They're just blowing us out of the water, but uh, but we yeah, won't give we'll, up. People. We'll make it back. Yeah, we're here for you. Uh, I uh, I do plan to work for unions eventually. Once I finish school, and uh, be good. The, uh, yeah, the the tactics that I have envisioned are much more aggressive than anything that they use. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should be push putting pressure on uh, local governments, in my opinion, and their ability to legislate. And then also, you should be uh, doing protests that hurt the provincial government. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, block the four hundred one for mm-hmm. a day and see how quickly you get your changes right mm-hmm. or violence against you which in in turn will give you the uh the media attention that will give you your changes mm-hmm. right yeah so yeah there there is a in my opinion that the union union leadership is weak there's been a pussification of the leadership of unions because mm-hmm. they've the since the 70s right the the marching orders rationally have been hold on to our gains right mm-hmm. we are unpopular we are uh not going to advance right the moment has changed people are pissed right the offensive is the is should be the marching uh, orders of the day all aggression all the time we have the power they all the corporations operate under this uh, thing called uh, light manufacturing or just in time manufacturing yes. mm-hmm. and what that really means is that their supply chains are weak and if mm-hmm. you break them down for a day they lose tens of thousands of dollars an hour right yeah. if you Go toe-to-toe with them. They can't survive it. And your people can survive on dollar McDonald's for weeks Mm -hmm. and weeks and weeks, right? You can actually outlast them. uh, Yeah, absolutely. That's such such like a a base-level union tactic is just if we stop, they lose money. And that's like, oh, no, that's the thing they absolutely cannot do. (laughs) We cannot lose the money. Even in yeah. Marx and forever, the the thing has been that the owners can last longer than you. But they've so financialized and so stacked this house of cards so tall mm-hmm. that if you take one away for a day, they go, oh, fuck, that can't happen. Well, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. The actual owners, like the shareholders in distant countries, they'll, they'll be fine. But Yeah. 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 Management like, here. <laughs> They could be out of a job tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. That's an existential threat to them. Yeah, because yeah. there are just-in-time management solutions now. Yeah. Yeah, and then that just that ripples upward. You know, the the, the anxiety spreads out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if if enough of those chains start to wither away, then oops, suddenly your company is tits up, and darn, should have unionized. Yep. And uh, the pressure on the provincial governments thing is mainly for these, you know, just perfidious crazy uh tactics that you know relying on co- the complex corporate structure that i was talking about earlier mm-hmm. if you just put a law in that says uh for every uh temp agency that you utilize you have to pay a thousand dollar fine every day that mm-hmm. you use them for and uh while you work in the the county that we're in or whatever mm-hmm. uh what are they gonna do leave they've got millions of dollars invested in and you've just destroyed the value of that property because nobody wants to do uh deal with the laws that are in your little county now they Mm -hmm. can't leave basically right and what are they going to do fight it out with you in court you definitely have the authority to do that stuff right for the good governance of the county or whatever so Mm -hmm. you just have to put the right pressure on the right people yeah and in the right place too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, no, All right. that's a great idea. I hope you do that. That would be good for the show too. I think. Yeah, yeah we might blow up over bit. that. That'd be, it'd be very, it'd be a very funny bit. Yeah, if Jacob unionized his workplace. Don't forget to uh, don't forget to plug our podcast on the, uh, <laughs> on the unionization cards that you hand out. 
who's that guy who unionized the Amazon? Smalls? Justin Smalls? Chris. Mm-hmm. Something small. Chris Smalls. Uh, he's a fucking celebrity now because oh, yeah. of what he did there, right? Like, I would... I would do crazy things if I could get some media attention. You know, <laughs> yeah, for, for all for all the shit we talk about to poo-poo unionization, there's been a lot more happening in like the past two, three years than there has in the past twenty. Agreed. Yeah, not enough. Not enough. Not enough. Not nearly enough. But like you know, maybe this is the maybe these are the first bubbles of a boiling pot. The sparks that lead to the flame. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, for my whole life up until this point, all of the major unions have basically just been inert. Mm-hmm. Yes. But... They, they, they've been in hibernation mode. Conserve energy, don't lose people, accept losses where you have to. Yeah. Since mm-hmm. the 70s, basically, right? Yeah, but then on, uh, I think it was Halloween, fucking Opsu went out, Ontario's a union, and then mm-hmm. right now, yeah, Canada's union's out as well. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, could, be, uh, could be a good turnaround, but... Um, but Again, those government workers, they don't have the, uh, what's it called, the leverage that these private uh, mm-hmm. workers do, right? Sure. Like, when you threaten private interests, the private interests threaten the government, yeah. right? Whereas when you threaten the government, you don't really threaten anybody because you don't have the power to threaten anybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're not right? hurting profits. Unless yeah. what you're doing is, like, affecting... Unless you're like a Parisian style uprising that actually threatens the government, which will never ever happen in the Anglosphere. We yeah, are not... culturally for like verboten, prohibited from doing that. Right? <laughs> like <laughs> in the Anglosphere, we're verboten. Yeah, couldn't have put it better. Yeah, un- unless what you're doing is actively ruining people's like day to day life, and people in their day to day life go, "Wait a minute, this sucks," and it's the government's fault. Mm-hmm. Or, y- you look at the. Um, the uh what do they call that the cleaning people the garbage people in paris and there's just garbage all around paris just turning into mountains of burning garbage because they said well we hate you fix it they don't care though the government doesn't care there they see only an ex the government only really sees an existential threat Mm -hmm. as like uh serious profit flows that help them maintain their armies or actually attacking their armies that Mm -hmm. those are the only two threats that uh really governments can give a shit about industries that support the armies and the armies itself Mm -hmm. sorry yeah didn't mean to cut you off oh you cut me the heck off but i was done talking so psych uh get wrecked nerd (laughs) but uh yeah to let's address this topic together jacob you had some more worldly political news to share to enlighten us with yeah so um it's not not worldly political news i uh it's i mean it is right but it's more just like my meanderings um so xi uh xi jinping leader of china recently uh came out and said that uh he doesn't recognize the sovereignty of post-soviet states and i think he said central asian post-soviet states yeah Oh. Uh, but I, I truly think that the the, the full quote is post uh, sorry Central Asian post Soviet states, right? And that uh, doesn't mean that they think they're Russian either, right? It means that they think they are not independent, yeah. and that they can fuck with them if they want. But you know they're closer to the Russians, and the Russians will probably fuck with them. Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, the stands, right? We stand. Yeah, uh, but they've been accompanying this new bellicosity right with uh this term this uh buzz word it's not buzzword it's more like a catchphrase that they've been uh pumping out recently that the world is about to experience a shift that it hasn't seen in a hundred years right have you heard this online no but i agree I disagree, because the only thing, the only thing that that could mean, right, is the transfer of the hegemony from London to Washington, right? That is the only shift that happened 100 years ago. Yeah. The the status quo stayed the same after World War One, just barely, but, you know, the Anglosphere managed to hold on, and they were still top dog, right? But... The shift was, you know, a technicality, and it, it doesn't really affect anything. We are Americans, right, as we like to say here in Canada, right? Yeah. And we were British before that, right? So when 
they talk about shifting global hegemony between London and Washington. That's not really a big difference. It's just like a signature difference. You know, it's still in the UK's best interest for America to run the world. Whereas for the world hegemony to shift from now Washington to Beijing, they will go all out over that shit, right? It will make World War I look like a water gun fight. They will throw down to the last man about it. And as I uh, am now working into the bit, America is the dopest shit at war. They will stop everybody, <laughs> right? There is nothing anybody can do to stop them. Uh, and to make that point really clear, they have a, uh, a new weapon system called the, uh, what's it called? The Rapid Dragon Missile System. Have you heard of this? Is this Chinese or American? American. That's it's called the Rapid Dragon Missile System, and it's upsetting. American. Isn't it? It's so bellicose. It's so uh, warlike to name something like that. Obviously saying, hey, the Chinese like dragons. We'll, uh, we'll name something uh, that is obviously meant to fuck them up uh, after something culturally inherent like that. But anyways, the weapon system is a, a missile pod that you put in the back of a C-130, a transport plane, right? Mm-hmm. And you drop it out the back and it parachutes and then it fires and it goes super fast for about 1,500 miles and can hit a ship, right? That is so far, right? And America has such air dominance with its F-22s and its carriers of F-35s and the Japanese with their F-16s and things like that, F-18s, whatever they got. The, uh, they can fly these big transport planes behind their screen of uh, air superiority fighters, right? And just drop ships from like three, four hundred miles from behind Taiwan in the, in the strait, right? Go over Taiwan and sink a ship on the other side, right? So the Chinese are never taking Taiwan is basically what I'm trying to get at there. And they're going to try. They're going to try in 2025, 2026, and they're going to get stomped. They're going to get wrecked. Peter Zihan, a guy me and Julian have both read, mm. he thinks that the uh, the Chinese are going to start this war so that uh, they can write their own narrative, that they're going to lose no matter what happens, even if they don't go to war because of the economic insecurity that they'll face. And there's just like a trade war with Vietnam and Japan and America's left out of it, that they'll still lose three to 500 million people dead, right? Mm-hmm. And because so, they because they want to, because they'll starve. They don't have the inputs to keep their food uh, production yeah, going. No, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, but like, sorry, why the war, are they? Yeah. Sorry, so the, so they can write the narrative of the defeat, and so that maybe the Chinese Communist Party can survive uh, in power after that 500 million dip oh, in population. Oh, and use it as like a sort of revanchism. Yes. Right. Oh. Uh... And uh, I kind of forget where I was. Oh, the Americans are dope at war. Right. That's mm. yeah. That's the bit you're on. Yeah. The the uh, Xi Jinping thinking that he can take hegemony from the Americans to such an extent that he would announce it like that so obliquely, so openly. The uh, the everything is always a, a, a in world politics is a poker game where everybody's cheating, right? And mm-hmm. so you never admit what you're doing. You never show your cards. You never say what's going to happen, right? And saying you're, what's going to happen means you're really confident it's going to happen and you need tack-on effects from saying that it's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he's just out to lunch, that he's been too concentrated in power. There's nobody young around him anymore who's really smart that can tell him, that ain't the way it is, boss. That ain't the way it is, chief. I mean, I don't care how much money we make a year. The Americans are great at war. Not just great at war, amazing at war. They could take on the entire world by themselves and walk away from it at the end of it. And they won't. They won't uh, go into it uh, by themselves. The Australians will go in without question. The British will go in without question. The Japanese will go in without question. The Vietnamese will go in without question. The Filipinos are already in. There's something like 10,000 U.S. troops on the Philippines right now. Mm -hmm. You know, the Italians, the Germans... My buddy uh, is Italian, Lou, and mm-hmm. uh, he he asked me if the Italians had any chance of becoming a resurgent power ever again. Oh, and I boy. said, I said to him, the Italians will speak English by the year twenty one hundred, right? They uh, 
no, the Germans <laughs> will speak English by the year 2050. Mm-hmm. They basically all speak German. Sorry, they basically all speak English already, right? And that German's just the primary language. Yeah. Eventually, the cultural hegemony will be to such an extent that we'll just replace German there. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's what they were worried about in World War One and World War Two. They saw it coming, right? Yeah. But uh, the Italians, to even more of an extent, do you know how many American troops are stationed in Italy? Take a mm, guess. Four. Uh, or? Uh, a little I'm, more. I'm going to go with like 50,000. 40,000. 40, really 000. good. Really good oh. guess. I get, when my friend asked me the question today, I laughed and I said, how many troops do you think are stationed? I, my guess is that 10,000 to 50,000. So that's, I basically said the same thing. Mm. But there are 40,000 airmen, uh, naval officers, and uh, sailors, and army personnel stationed in uh, Italy mm-hmm. at any time. They're occupied. They're a colony, right? They outlawed speaking English at home uh, recently under their uh, new fascist prime minister because mm-hmm. they can see what's happening. The Italian does not have the legs to stand on because they're too small a population to continually pump out cultural uh, significant, culturally significant pieces that they can continue to develop the language off of, right? Mm, yeah, you know, they really, they really lost something after Sergio stopped making those spaghetti westerns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is funny. It does sound ridiculous to a, an extent, but. You know, I like to say all the time that nation states only have one option, right? They only play the game as a map game. They only mm-hmm. play it as vicious fascist imperialists, right? Because that's, it's like driven into the DNA code of mm-hmm. these institutions, right? It it stretches back into the mists of time when only these hard, savage barbarians who accepted each other were put into these positions of power. And they only maintain it through these intricate... Uh, things of politeness and um what's the word i'm looking for um politeness will do i'll just Mm -hmm. leave it there that so that the people who get there are monsters right they they do not think like you and me they have no empathy for people they will do anything to maintain their position of power (laughs) right and uh that i that i can empathize with them is that only because of the fact that i got really good at map games right like i i don't Mm -hmm. think like them right but this will happen. It will come to pass that the Americans will go supernova and the Chinese and the Russians can see it coming and they want to go it before it becomes too late. Mm-hmm. And uh, to keep going for a bit. Can I push back? The, uh, a w- yeah. Well, just let me see right, if right, I can right. uh, yeah, yeah. wrap it let up. Let me see it. Wrap your yeah. thought up. Because a lot of people see that think seem to think that the Chinese are going to become this super economy by 2050, right? And that if they maintain peace until then, they can just roll over America. And I just don't know what they're talking about, right? America and China are about the same size, right? Mm-hmm. And there are 300 million Americans and there are 1.4 billion Chinese. Mm-hmm. They're tapped out, right? There's no more place to put any more Chinese people, right? No. And taking care of them is a bitch, right? Mm-hmm. The, the America can support, in my opinion, the uh, the population density won't match up exactly because of the terrains, and there's uh, less of America that's hospitable to than China. But some mm-hmm. of the places are much more hospitable than some parts in China that are considered hospitable. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the natural population max of America will be about seven or eight hundred million people. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're going to aim for and get by 2050, right? And China can't maintain its economic, uh, you know, advances and 7% year-over-year increases and will eventually collapse and will face these uh, starvation problems. And once they lose these 500 million people to the starvation and America's gained 400 million people through uh, immigration and continually leveraging their... uh, their vicious capitalism and, you know, the lack of health care and any mm-hmm. social policies against their people, that they will eclipse them economically and uh, population-wise again, right? Mm-hmm. Quite likely. Was that how you were going to push back, Julian, or did I cut you off unnecessarily? Uh, no, I mean, I'm glad you you completed what you were trying to say, but I, I disagree. I think the United States went supernova in 1945. I think it's, you know, rusting from the inside out now and... Okay, I, I've got a bit for that as well. Uh. America thought about conquering the world in 1945. Lots of their people said, let's do it. We can do it, right? And the really smart people were like, we can't do it yet. There's 140 million of us. 
there's 200 million Soviets, right? And by the time uh, 1992 rolled around, mm -hmm. and there were 300 million Soviets and there were 300 million Americans, right? And they made about the same money a year. I mean, the Americans were doing slightly better, but, and all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they are far and away the most technologically capable today, right? They make far and away the most money. They have far and away the most nobility, uh, nobility, I say, but like, it's just the upper classes. Yeah devoted yeah, to constantly producing these new technologies and repressing their lower classes, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas a socialized system doesn't have that benefit. It has to produce for its people all the time and keep them working all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Or otherwise there's no buy-in, right? And they rely on that buy-in. Whereas a, a completely repressive system, a feudal or a capital system, does not rely on that. Yeah. And I, honestly, that's the kicker, I think. I think Americans realize, or are very slowly realizing at least, that there's nothing worth dying for anymore, at least within the, you know, the context of being a national subject. What if you're conscripted, and if you don't go, your family will be killed? Well, I mean, I think that would only reinforce the notion, but, you know, there's a gun to I, your head at that point, and you're going to have to fight. But I, I don't think peoples have an ability to rise up against their governments. I think Nazi Germany is the perfect example of this, that, you know, that 5 million Germans can die in the field, but it could be so obvious to everyone with a working brain that they were going to lose that war after 1941, right? Mm -hmm. December, 1941, you can see, oh, you lost. Nice try. Get them next time, mm -hmm. right? You should have tapped out. You should have done it immediately. And everyone at the tippy top was, you know, emotionally, psychologically, just prohibited from doing that right and that they only had the ability to bow and continue to uh participate within that system because they're bound by things like honor and duty and sacrifice and their love for their families and the threats that underlie that right mm -hmm. like i i don't think that the american people have any ability to rise up against a fascist government julian no i don't think so either but they're not gonna they're not gonna fight the same way Chinese might if the Chinese actually believe in their project the way Americans will oh. never be able to again. Oh, okay, then in that case, where are the Chinese going to go that the Americans care about? You know what I mean, they can't go anywhere. They can't invade Vietnam. That's fucking impossible, right? They invade the Korean, sorry, the Korean Peninsula. The Americans might even let that go because, you know, big deal. But they won't. They'll nuke Pyongyang before that and Seoul before that happens, yeah. right? Oh, I don't I don't know what the trajectory is. I don't I can't claim to know, but I do think Beijing will be the hegemon in the near future, and it's really just a question of how well the United States can take that reality. Uh, Are they going to take it like well, a bitch and explode? Probably. We'll see. I uh, I bet they go hardcore fascist and stomp anybody who steps to them. I can, I, I like, can see that too. The F-22, the F-35... Just glorious fucking weapons. I like to shit on the F-35. But, you know, there's nothing you can do against a, sh a plane that can't be seen, that can strike you from over 100 kilometers away. Yeah, but it can't fly in the rain, can it? Yeah, the F-22 can. The F-35 can't. And the F-16 can, right? Yeah. Sorry, the F-A-18, the, the carrier one. They've got something else it, to fill in the strategic gap there, I guess. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, again... Those are that's just to deal with the uh, the planes, right? The, for air superiority, I uh, I saw this uh, bit on Star Trek: The Next Generation one time, and Data gets challenged to a strategy game by this alien guy who's supposed to be their race is supposed to be the best at strategy things. Okay, mm -hmm. and, and uh, the Data can't beat him. He can't beat him over and over again, right? And eventually, he changes strategy and he just decides oh, i'm just gonna not let them win right and so they're playing against each other and their fingers are tapping so quickly at all different parts of the screen both back and forth against each other that's a great way to think about war for warfare especially from the anglo uh, perspective we don't need to win as long as we continue to grow we will be so hegemonically uh over the top, more powerful than everyone else we have the most land we have the most influence we have the most people right the uh, and I'm including Australia, Britain, and Canada in America's direct empire there, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we don't need to win. We just need to make sure the Chinese don't win, right? And if 
everything goes back to the status quo, then eventually, as things continue to progress naturally, the Americans will be over and above more powerful than everyone else. Yeah. yeah it's like a game of Civ. Yeah, we got we we really went map brain at the last ten minutes there. Sorry, I I'm sure people hate that. Right. Well, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Julian, coming. ever the populist. Yeah. Summer is coming, isn't it? And that's an hour. We did it.